Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. We are out here. If you didn't know, I'm out here in Vegas for uh, NBA Summer League. I've done a few interviews already, one with Grady Dick, one with Marquise Noel, and I was there for game one of Summer League for the Raptors. They fall 83 to 74 to the Bulls, and I was fortunate enough to be um, pretty much sideline for the game. That's where the media seats were, and I was sitting there, and I thought, Someone at some point was going to tell me, just tap me on the shoulder, saying, sir, get out of here. This is not where you belong. But uh, that was the seat, and I've never watched a game from that vantage point. It is so cool. Um, it's a great experience. You learn so much more about the game. You hear so much more, and you see how much faster it is um, as opposed to what we see on television. These guys have like very little time to make their decisions, and this is summer league, not even the NBA, where you have even less time. Um, but it was really cool. To, to see from there, and I'll just give you a few tidbits from um, what I found from that experience. But let's just kind of go through the list of players um, that kind of stood out today. Uh, we'll start right at the top with who else? Marquise Noel, he was terrific. Uh, 29 minutes, 17 points, four rebounds, five assists, three steals, and four threes. And the question we had around him as he goes through this journey that he's on right now is, is everything going to translate from what we saw in college to the NBA or to some league in this case? And you know what? It kind of did. He was probing the defense. He was getting paint touches galore. Um, he was suffocating on defense, hounding, actually, um, uh, constantly. Whenever he was on ball, he was just getting so into the space of the person he was guarding. And I asked him about this when I talked to him a few days ago, and he said that was his MO. That's what he wants to do. He loves defense. He loves playing it. He just knows that if he does allow too much airspace for the person that he is guarding, then obviously his height starts to show. But if he's tight to the body, if he's moving his feet, you know, he can be very disruptive and he loves it. He actually said he wants to tear guys' eyes out on defense when he's playing. I loved it. And we saw a lot of that today. Um, offensively, I mean, the pick and roll that he had with Moses Brown was pretty potent. And you really can see how a person like him can be uh, can thrive in a system like Darko's where there's a lot of high ball screens. And he has space now off that ball screen or he's maybe going downhill against a big or maybe he's you know probing the defense. As I mentioned, his handle is so tight. And he just has that ability to, you know, use his vision passing abilities and start finding his teammates. And he had a wraparound pass to Moses Brown that was really nice. He had this cross-court pass to Ron Harper Jr. for a three that really stuck out because you don't really know if he's able to do that, right? We know he can do it in college, but can he make that kind of play at this level? And he was doing it. Um, so that was really great to see for him. And just how cerebral he is in the pick and roll. That really does stand out. And 
his size in some ways is obviously is to his disadvantage, but he knows how to use it to his advantage as well. Like these small windows that he's able to get through and the shifting of gears, it really does keep defenders and teams on their heels. Now, again, does that translate to the NBA? I don't know, but right now in summer league, it was really good stuff. And also his leadership really stuck out too. I mean, again, from the vantage point I had, you can see cases where he's talking to players and uh, he's telling, you know, Joe Weiss came to go back door. He ends up getting a few free throws. Uh, there was another case where I heard him yell motion and then he made a pass to Moses Brown at the top of the key. Marquis setting a down screen for Grady. And then after that, there was another screen set for, for Grady um, from uh, DJ Hogg. And all of a sudden, Grady gets a nice movement three. And that was his second of the game. We'll get to Grady in a second. Um, but it's like little things like that, that he's constantly, you know, just being that leader on the court. And that was one of his best characteristics in college is that he was an on-court leader. I'm still curious what it looks like when he's not on ball or is he always going to be on ball? You know, can he still be as effective as an off-ball player in some in some matchups? Now we're we're kind of just like speculating and kind of just thinking of things of how he could be challenged because everyone's expecting him not to be able to make it. But that is something that could come up for him. Is you know, does he need to be on ball in the pick and roll? He's excellent at it, right? To his credit. But how does it work when he's not on the ball? And just his his effort, his energy was really infectious. I mean, there were points where the crowd was just cheering for him because of that hustle play that he made on two on ones. He's somehow coming up with the steal. There was another play where he timed really nicely on a dig on the ball. And now he's out there for a breakaway, uh, breakaway layup that ends up being an and one where he used the rim as a defender and he made a play and it was an and one and it was awesome. And uh, post game, he was mentioning that some of the Raptors players, there was a few, a few there. Um, there was OG, there was Scotty, Yak was there. Uh, Malachi Flynn was there, Chris Boucher was there, and uh, they were giving him pointers on the sideline. And I could see them cheering. Like they really wanted to see him succeed and they loved his effort and energy. So a great game from Marquise. I just want to keep on seeing it. And some of the challenges he had, I mean, we saw a bit of it today, but we also saw his counter to it. There were cases where the Bulls were blitzing on a pick and roll and he was trying to pass over the defense and it got deflected. Um, but then again, there was another case where they blitzed and he made a nice wraparound pass to Moses Brown. And then another case where Dale and Terry was up on him. He again, deflected a pass and the ball goes to uh, the other side of the court and Marquise corrals it and he has like a very small window it's so tight to get through and Dylan Terry he's that's a big guard a good defender and he gets by him and he draws a foul so those are like his counters to what he's going to be uh, dealing with as he continues to go on this journey of his but let's keep on seeing let's see if he has these counters uh to to go with them um let's move on to Grady Dick who didn't have the best shooting game so uh, 30 minutes 10 points four rebounds two assists Three steals, two of nine from three. He made his first three late in the second quarter. It was a corner three. He had a lot of makeable shots, and he missed them. Now, uh, before the game or after the game, Pat Delaney was talking about, you know, a lot of the players felt that rust in this game. A lot of them haven't played in a really long time, and I think that was pretty pretty clear with Grady, that he just didn't have that rhythm um, that he was, you know, accustomed to having. But him shooting two of nine from three, those are all very makeable shots. Those are shots that we've seen him make 
at the college level. Um, they're no different. They're maybe a little bit more rushed, but he's been rushed in, <laughs> in college too. Everyone knows, they know the kind of shooter that he is. So I expect some of those are going to start dropping at some point. They're going to start going in. And I hope that happens, you know, probably next game. But what did intrigue me was the other parts of Grady's game. And that's what makes him exciting as a prospect is that, yes, he does have that shooting gravity, but there's more to it. Uh, he made some nice kickout passes. One was to Ron Harper. Another one was to Muhammadu Gi, who I want to talk about in a second. He was driving with purpose. A few times he did get blocked or he got stifled at the rim. That's okay. I just like that he's able to make those quick decisions and he's, uh, he's decisive in what he wants to do. I did find that in the second half, the Raptors, they were going a little bit more to him and they were making some plays where he's coming off some stagger screens or he's, you know, being a screener and he's emerging out of nowhere and he gets an open three. They didn't go down, but I think there's reason to think that they're going to go down next game and post game. He wasn't worried about it. So why are we worried about it? Right. Part of his, of his uh, MO is that he does not worry about the misses. He's thinking about the next make. And uh, this was a game where, you know, didn't shoot very well. Uh, obviously, with some of the heightened pressure or the heightened uh, interest in how he's going to do because it's summer league game one, you know, you'd like to deliver a little bit more, but it didn't go that way. Um, I just want to see that he's paying attention to the details, especially defensively. There's some blow buys on him, and uh, there are a few cases where he didn't close out properly, and now his man's getting an offensive rebound. Those are the kind of things that he does have control on, but the shots going down, sometimes the shots aren't going to go down. It is what it is. Hopefully we see a better performance uh, the next game, but uh, I, I think it was a good performance from Grady. Overall, just the shots didn't fall necessarily. Let's switch to Moses Brown, uh, starting center. So we had in 19 minutes, 14 points, nine rebounds, four blocks. He turns 24 this year, and he has played for one, two, three, four, five, six teams in three NBA seasons. Toronto is now his seventh. Wow. That's a lot of teams, man. And I think this is a game where we saw why he may have had this kind of journey so far because there. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is the flashes of intrigue. And then there are the head scratching moments where you're like, well, that wasn't a, a good idea or you should have been doing this. Like some of the blocks he had in the pick and roll were tremendous. And, you know, when he has those thunderous offensive rebounds, he gets it, gets the ball, puts it back. You know, he got a little bit of a new mug on his face. Like those are, those are great. But then on the other end, you know, 
the cat and mouse game and the pick and roll. He's uh, offering too much space to the ball handler. And now there's a pocket pass and he's not uh, closing off lanes and that's on him. Or if it's not, you know, if you're not closing possessions and as a big man, you have to close possessions. Like that is a must. He is the last line of defense, truly. And the offensive rebound were happening because he wasn't blocking out men. Like stuff like that just can't happen, especially for someone that has a bit of a history now, right? That's how it's going to be viewed. He is someone, as I said, who's now on his seventh NBA team. How many more chances is he going to get? But again, like the the flashes were there. I mean, 14 points, nine rebounds. Every season in the, the G League that he's played, He's near a double-double, something like that. So let's just keep on seeing him grow. Maybe a, a time with the Raptors could help him. Maybe, right? There's reason to think it could. And I just hope that uh, things work out for him. Again, turning 24, uh, hopefully he's able to find some consistency with his play. And he's able to finish those possessions because that is so crucial. But when he does get going, the running of the floor, the blocks that he has, the timing on his blocks, uh, the way he's like fighting for a positioning, if he can harness that and do it possession by possession, game in, game out, quarter by quarter, there's something there. So best of luck to him. We'll see how he does in game two. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., 30 minutes, 10.6 rebounds, four assists. I thought Ron was a little bit slow to start. Um, he had a nice drive early in the game, got to the rim. That was good to see. But uh, I didn't find that he got really active in the game until the second half where he had uh, three points, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. He was moving his feet more. Definitely the effort was a little higher. He was hustling. And maybe, again, like as I mentioned earlier, Sometimes it's taking these guys a little time to, to get acclimated and to get used to the pace that they have to play at. But uh, he kind of found it in the second half. He made some good reads in transition. And he's another case where I just want to see what he does in game two, because I don't want to judge too much from this one. Um, but I did like, you know, some of the shots that he that he made were awesome. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, drive a little bit more aggressively towards the rim on those closets when he is run off the line. And does he have that one dribble into a pull-up? That would be good to see. Um, Grady Dick, I didn't mention earlier on, uh, he had a play like that where he missed a one dribble pull-up, and that was his bread and butter in college. And uh, those are the shots that a Ron, a Grady are going to have to be able to make at the NBA level. But I want to see what Ron does in the next game because I'd like to see him have a bit more of a consistent performance and also be more of a threat uh, offensively. Defensively, he was decent. Um, he got, you know, flew by a couple of times. He got uh, lost on a few screens. Those are going to happen. But again, getting used to the pace, getting your head back on a swivel, getting locked into a game, it'll help him more. And hopefully we see that in, in game two. Mohamed D. All right. So 16 minutes, five rebounds, sorry, five points, four rebounds, one steal, two blocks, one tray. Intriguing player, right? When I see him like 6'10", 7'3", wingspan, the way he's able to run the floor, the transition block that he had, uh, from the rear view and the Raptor players that were in that front row, you could tell them they were just like, whoa, that was impressive. Look at you. And there's a switchability to him. As I said, 6'10", 7'3", 
long, lanky, a lot of Chris Boucher vibes from him. <laughs> I get a lot of that, and not in a bad way. Like, it's it's a good thing. I, I like his activity, his energy, how uh, tenacious he is. He was handling the ball in transition. He found uh, Joe Wieskamp in the corner that led to some free throws. Um, then there was that alley-oop that he had with Ahmad Carver where he motioned, like, let meet me up here, and Ahmad made a nice pass, and he found him. Um, some isolation possessions on defense were really nice uh, when he was in the game and Moses Brown was not, and if he was in the position as being the five, they were switching instead of playing drop, or actually they were kind of switching it back and forth. They were doing a bit of both, but there is a switchability with them because he does move his feet really well, and uh, that's an intriguing player. I'm, I'm curious what he looks like in the next game, and as we go forward, I want to see uh, how much more he has to offer offensively because uh, the, the three that he hit was a nice, it was a nice shot. Um, I could see him being able to hit more of those. And there's a, a work ethic that I think he has. I uh, just doing some miles research on him that, um, again, could cater well to being with the Raptors. He's a bit of an older prospect, if you want to call him a prospect. Yeah, he's a prospect. But hey, let's let's see how it goes. Joe Wieskamp, 15 minutes. He worked his tail off in his minutes, which was good to see for, for Joe. He was ready to go. Actually, he was on my flight to Vegas. Um, he was in first class. I was not in first class, right? Because that's how... That's how it goes. But um, it was weird. It's like you just walk in, it's like, oh, there's Joe Wieskamp. I didn't say anything to him. I let let him be. I mean, he was not in a position to be accepting invites and hellos from media people. So I, I let him be. But I was like, oh, that's uh, cool. There's Joe. Why are you in Denver? Is he from Denver? I don't know. Maybe I should check. Yeah, we'll do that after this. But yeah, uh, Joe, this worked, his, he worked really hard. And he was trying to rebound the ball. And uh, he was just getting into it. He was getting physical and he was getting bodied a little bit, but he was working really hard. And that's uh, good stuff to see. The three that he hit coming off a few stagger screens, it was a movement three. Again, those are things that he's going to have to have in his arsenal if he wants to last in the NBA. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the story with Joe. He realizes that this is a really important time for him. Um, and let's see how next uh, how the next game goes. Wrapping up with a few of these guys, Nate Darling. So Chicago Bulls, Nate Darling, if you guys remember, he's from Halifax. Just want to shout him out because he had a few really nice shots. Um, he was cooking from three in this game. He had a few really nice moving threes that uh, really caught my eye. And just, yeah, good job, Nate. Keep on keeping on, bro. Uh, DJ Hogg, 28 minutes. So he's in the starting lineup. He played a lot. And uh, I can see why the Raptors were interested in him. Outside of the name, um, which is a great name, DJ Hogg, positionally sound. Like he has a good feel for the game. He reads it really well, um, especially with Darko's system. You want the pace to be up. You want quick decisions. And he's making the right decisions. Now, when it comes to getting to the rim and driving the ball and, you know, creating that separation or just finishing through contact, you know, uh, we'll have to see how, how that goes. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go for him uh, at, off of this game, but I'm curious how he looks at a few more of these. And we'll, we'll see how it goes for, for DJ, but um, he had a couple of good minutes. And finally, I just want to shout out Christian Coloco because he didn't play, but from where I was, he was at the end of the Raptors bench and he was kind of like right beside me and his energy on the bench and his heckling of the referees and so forth was awesome to watch. I mean, the man is just like, he's moonwalking to LMFAO, a song, and he's yelling at the referee. He's giving them all kinds of hell. He's showing them that 
players are traveling on the Bulls. Yelling, come on, ref. He's making these weird noises when the uh, Bulls were taking free throws. Um, I don't think they really worked. And this wasn't uh, exactly a DeMar's daughter situation. Maybe he was trying to replicate that kind of impact. Did it have an impact? I don't know. Um, that's a that's a long story that we don't need to get into anymore. We've done enough of that with that storyline uh, after that play-in game. Anyways, um, yeah, I just want to shout out Chris Coloco. I would love to have seen him in summer league, you know, playing games. He is working out with the team. He typically, along with uh, Jeff Dowden Jr., they kind of do a lot of their stuff afterwards. So I think there have been a few people that have commented that, oh my gosh, Jeff Dowden Jr. is always working out in the background of the interviews uh, with, that I did with uh, Grady Dick and Marquise Noel. It's because he gets that time to, you know, work on his game and to develop. And during the actual practices, um, obviously I'm not there. So I'm coming in at the end of practices. So they're on the court. That's all it is. That's it. Yeah, let's see how things go in the games to come. Uh, game two is on Sunday, and we will see how that one shakes out for the Toronto Raptors. And we'll see how, if some of these guys are a bit more comfortable um, and they're able to make those decisions and they're just uh, a little bit more in tune with how the, the game has to be played because game ones are, are tough in a situation like this. So that's it for me. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms, YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. We'll talk to you soon.